right, welcome back to Science in Between. Science in Between. It's week uh, 13th, week 13, episode 13. Here we episode are. Episode 13. Yeah. Lucky and 13, the baker's dozen. The baker's dozen, right. And yeah. uh, there are like literally dozens of people listening to these episodes. Oh, it yeah. is awesome. And thanks yeah. for joining us. And today, today wait, wait, oh, who, who are you? I'm Ollie. I'm Scott. Yeah, Scott and Ollie. And today we do it. We're doing it today. Today is the, the draft, the content draft. Let's get ready to rumble. Yes, I was thinking about we should have uh, we should have drops, right? Sound drops, like That's like true. if it was dun 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 dun, you know, there like you we, it was like Monday Night Football or something, you know. Because it's, yeah. it's kind of like a fantasy draft. This is the in, science. In the most pathetic way that you can imagine. <laughs> it is the nerdiest fantasy content draft ever. This is it. Okay, so here's the rules. So in a minute, um, Ali's going to spin the, the wheel of names, uh, you have which to say he will it. describe you have to... in a minute. No, yes. you, you, I'll let you, I'll let you right. unpack that in a minute. <laughs> But but first, I'm gonna I'm gonna name the rules. So th- basically, what we're doing here is we're choosing the the most important content that we think students need to understand uh, based on the NGSS. So um, we, we, we all- spent some time talking about like sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but we spent some time talking about grain size because we were just like you know do we want to say something gigantic or something really small? And so we felt like you know using the NGSS would be a really good way to frame this. Yeah, because right now, 44 states have either adopted or are have mod, developed their their own modified versions, which is looks like where Pennsylvania's headed. To um, so so they fundamentally uh, almost national standards, which which are is a little unusual for this country. So, okay, so here's the deal: um, we will alternate choosing. Um, so we could get 10 in the end. Um, Assuming that there are no duplicates or that we have more than five choices and that we'll, we'll let the duplicates slide. Um, we will choose from the NGSS uh, and that is we will specifically um, choose performance expectations. So while those may include practices, there will be a clear content focus. So we can't say like making an explanation is something that we choose as an important thing because that's a practice and that's got to be built in. So there are performance expectations, which in NGSS have a label, which is, for example, HS for high school, um, ESS2, which is Earth and Space Science, the second standard, dash one, which is this, the first performance expectation within that grouping. So, we're, so we can pick, we're picking at that level, not at the highest level, but um, one, the, the performance expectation level. And all of our choices will be from high school with the idea that those are sort of end outcomes for high school rather than trying to get into, well, what does a third grader have to know or a sixth grader have to know to be able to get to that high school outcome. So, so those are the rules. Um, and I think now it's just time to see who goes first. Yeah, I mean, the, just to clarify, because we want to stick, stay away from those that the big area. Like we could just say, oh, relationship between energy and forces. That's gigantic. That so we try to whittle it down to make it a little bit more operational. I guess is the way we want to describe it, right? Yeah. Well, and and as you were saying about grain size, this this gives us a consistent grain size. So right. the performance expectations have a content 
focus, a DCI, a disciplinary core idea. They have a, a science and engineering practice and they have a cross-cutting concept integrated into a statement about a performance expectation that we want students to be able to achieve by the end of that time band, which for us is high school. So, and so as we do this, we haven't, we talked about how we are going to draft and we're going to talk about like what we're going to say after. Do we want to talk about like our rationale for this or how do we want to frame this after? Like, yeah, I think it's worth, I, I mean, some of them will probably be pretty straightforward and obvious, but I think it's worth talking about um, our process as we go. So which, which ones we picked, how we, how we thought about it. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, so I think, I think that's a good idea. So you'll, you'll name your pick and then you'll explain why that one is, is your pick. All right. And so to determine who's going to go first, we're using this highly technical, very sophisticated website called wheel of names. Wheel of names. Yeah. After last week's uh, episode where we talked about possibly using popsicle sticks, uh, sharing this with a colleague and they said, you know, instead of using popsicle sticks to get students uh, to respond or call on students, uh, she recommended the wheel of names.com and you could just put a text list of students in. Um, I don't think you could add a CSV file, <laughs> Scott, um, but I'll dig I'm, more I'm into gonna that. Try. I'm going to uh, try. Just um, in principle just on principle. And so what I've done is put Scott and Ollie in uh, six times going back and forth. And so it, it basically creates like a wheel of fortune type of, you know, wheel. And I'm going to spin it and we're going to see. And Scott is, you're watching this, right? I'm watching. So I'm confirmatory here. So All right. I'm, I'm going to make sure that he, you know, Ollie's not cheating. All right, here it goes. And off it goes. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, jeez. Yeah. And Ollie got picked. We have a winner. We have a winner. <laughs> and it is Ollie. All right. So I, uh, I spent a lot of time working on this because it was really hard um, to figure out which direction I wanted to go. So, so here's where I went. Okay. Um, my first pick in the nerdy fantasy content, content draft is uh, from the uh, – kind of like engineering area so it's under engineering design and it's okay. ets it's so i would just name off the number so that people can find it it's hs-ets1-3 engineering design it says evaluate so, a solution so say that one so say it again hs-ets1-3 yeah. okay. so it's if if you're in it it's uh it's under engineering problems, engineering design, um, and it specifically says, evaluate a solution to a complex real-world problem based on prioritized criteria and trade-offs that account for a range of constraints, including cost, safety, reliability, and aesthetics, as well as possible social, cultural, and environmental impacts. Nice. So the reason why I chose this, well, because one, it was really encompassing. Um, but I thought that the, what I'd want from our science classes is to arm our students with sort of the, the ability to examine, you know, different things in, in practice in there as consumers, and then to be able to say, okay, this is a good decision, or this is a good thing to 
purchase or this is a good thing to support. As somebody who drives a hybrid vehicle, as somebody who is looking at electric vehicles, as somebody who has tried to make their house much more uh, energy um, conserving, uh, I, I think that this really pushes at that. It really um, arms our students to be active citizens and make good decisions. Nice. All right. Okay. So now, I take it that was not on your list. It was not. But but I think um, that said, the one that I pick, since it's now my pick, uh, is. is is certainly, I would call it almost the science side of the same coin, right? So I picked uh, HSESS2-4, which is basically about climate change, right? So the, the statement is use a model to describe how variations in the flow of energy into and out of earth systems result in changes in climate. And the clarification statement is, is about climate change over different time scales. Um, so, so for me, I just feel, I mean, I think this is something we probably agree on, but um, you know, this is, this is the existential crisis of our generation. Um, and, and it's critical that kids understand it and understand differences between climate and weather and anthropogenic impacts on climate and climate change, right? That we have to understand that humans are doing this. And this is not, you can't, you can't write this off as just um, normal changes in the earth's uh, climate, right? And that there, you know, the, there's been a lot of, you know, politicizing of this, but, um, but fundamentally, there's, there's just overwhelming data and consensus that this is the thing, right? And consensus doesn't mean that it's better than 50% of, of scientists, it's way over 90% of scientists uh, at this point who agree on this. So I think, for me, that was fundamental. Kids need to know something about the way the climate operates and, and what we as humans are doing to impact that. All right, that's a good one. I think I have uh, one that re relates to that. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of in that life science uh, grouping as well. It's uh, HSLS2-8, which is Ecosystems, Interactions, Energy, and Dynamics. And it's about evaluating evidence for the role of group behavior on individual and species chances to survive and reproduce. Mm -hmm. And I think um, maybe it was colored by the current state of um, the pandemic. Uh, but I, I couldn't pass that one by without saying, okay, look, individuals, individuals' decisions, individuals' actions, um, they have impacts on the larger group. And so I think that, um, I, 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 I think I picked another one that sort of built on that a little bit more, but this one's about evaluating the evidence on that. And so I think that's one of the things that it, I wish it was more action-oriented, not just evaluating the evidence, but also making, and I, maybe that's just my reading of it, but I wish it was a, a little more action-oriented. Well, that's interesting. I wonder if that's why you liked the, um, the, um, the other one. Engineering one. Yeah, because yeah, the engineering, engineering as a field, right, is an, is an action-oriented, you know, app, I mean, some engineers would disagree with this maybe, but the application of science ideas to solving uh, to solving real problems in sure. society. So um, if you take an action orientation, then it would seem like the engineering ones would, would sing to you a little more than the, than the content ones. Um, 
Yeah, so that it's interesting because I'll, I'll build on that one too and say that my second choice was in the same group as yours. It was just a different one. So I chose HSLS 2-2, okay. which is use mathematical representations to support and revise explanations based on evidence about factors affecting biodiversity and populations and ecosystems of different scales. So... Um, so for me, this is, you know, has, it covers a lot of territory, obviously invasive species, all sorts of um, questions about how do we think about um, protecting and, you know, to your point about action, like what does it mean for, an, uh, for our environment to be diverse, biodiverse? Um, and how does that, how do we know about that? And, and what is the impact of these interacting populations? Um, so that was, I just, that's that's one I think uh, you know. Well, again, we're in the same ballpark on this with the LS two. So I, we just picked slightly different ones about um, ecosystems that we thought was important. Yeah. So sticking around in the uh, life sciences, I have one that sort of connects on that. Um, and I think this this might be from a podcast I heard recently. It was uh, the Radio Lab podcast. This is from mm -hmm. a few few weeks ago, and it was talking about uh, mold. And uh, mold in, I think it's mold in, in blood. I think that's what it was. And it was mm. talking about how fungus, that's what it was, fungus in blood. Mm. And uh, they were saying that, uh, well, I'll let me give you the, the standard first and I'll frame it. Yes, please. So uh, HS uh, LS4 5, this is biological evolution. Unity, unity and diversity. So it says, evaluate the evidence supporting claims that changes in environmental conditions may result in one, increases in the number of individuals of some species, two, the emergence of new species over time, and three, the extinction of other species. And so what they were, uh, what this Radiolab podcast was talking about was how there was a, a, a breakout of uh, some blood, blood uh, bacteria, fungus, and blood. I, I have to pull it up. And and so what they were saying was that uh, that our bodies are getting cooler over time uh, to account for the the uh, changes in temperatures of our environments, and that is actually making it so that uh, certain. I think it's. I have to look up the rest uh, up the episode, but I think it's the fungus in our bloods, which was kind of wacky. That is um, a wacky, but. Radio Lab is known for being a little wacky in that regard. Well, yeah, but I think it t ties directly to this, right? Is mm -hmm. that, you know, as the environment around us uh, changes, uh, yeah, it's called Fungus Among Us. It's from September 4th. And so uh, the episode talked about how there's this killer fungus that's been showing up in, in people's blood in hospitals in, um, in Pacific, I think it was uh, uh, Pacific Island years. Uh, and so it was this, you know, it was killing people and they were uh, talking about it directly from the standpoint of the changes in environmental conditions and how that was supporting certain, uh, the growth of certain fungus. So hmm. Fungus Among Us Radio Lab podcast from September. Excellent. Very nice. I love Radio Lab. That, who, that who doesn't love the Radio Lab? Well. I don't know. Probably there are people out there, but, but they're, they're not our friends. No, they're animals that we do not respect and, and have no, we do not cotton to. Um, well, so, you know, following the trend, I will uh, t stick in the ballpark here 
and um, talk about another, uh, well, basically an evolution one, right? So I too um, was interested and thought that evolution was critical. Um, so the one that I picked was HS LS4-1, which is about unity and diversity, communicate scientific information that common ancestry and biological evolution are supported by multiple lines of empirical evidence, right? So this gets at a couple of pieces, um, you know, conceptual understanding the role of line of evidence as relating to common ancestry and biological evolution. Um, obviously the idea of, you know, that that's linked to earth and space concepts about how old we are as a species, how old the planet is as a planet, um, is part of that and how we evolved from, from other forms of life um, is a key to that. But also evolution, as you've described it, as being important to understanding things like um, why we vaccinate uh, uh, and why, we, um, the, why it's dangerous to take antibiotics when you think, you've, when you think you're sick, but you don't know why, right? Like things, things about um, why evolution is important in our daily lives, I think is also really important. So I think evolution is definitely a concept that kids need to understand. So I will say that that's the first one that was on both of our lists. I mean, I don't know if you, yeah. So mm -hmm. it was, uh, I just mm -hmm. highlighted that mm -hmm. on my list on. Uh, uh -huh. So, well, we've each picked at this point, according to the draft, we have each picked three. So right. there, you each have two left. And I'm realizing now um, that I'm just marching down my list, which is maybe not a good idea because, uh, because strategically this means that the ones that are at the end of my list, I may not get to, even though I may think they're higher priority. Cause I didn't do an, I, I didn't, I didn't rank order them. So, so I don't know if you rank ordered them as part of your process. So I had a, a I have a list of like eight or nine Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was just going to go with the draft. This is, so I was going to take the uh, next, yeah. yeah, the best player available. Okay. That's, what I, that's what I was going to do. So I see. So I'm not doing that. So I right. may have to, well, it's too late though. Maybe, I was going to let the draft come to me, Scott. And uh, when I got the first pick, I was like, this is where I want to start. Yeah, and then cause I, cause yeah. I would not have picked evolution. Um, as your next one as my next one because you just did it so it seems silly to add two evolution ones right now, but now you had two on your list so maybe not silly but uh but now i'm struggling because i'll have to i'll have to think what two now maybe we'll double up here and you'll take care of some of my problems but we'll see but yeah what, so do we do what want to review real quick we have one engineering yes. we have one engineering so i started with an engineering and then we've kind of gone one with you had your pick, first pick was around earth science, right? Yes, my first one was around, well, it was climate change. So it was in the earth science. But it's a cross-cutting um, section. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not cross-cutting, but it's, but I don't think necessarily people think of, well, it is cross-cutting in the sense that there's evidence in multiple domains about right. climate. So, but yeah, it was climate change. Then, um, then you had LS2-8, which was, um, that was, no, that wasn't the evolution one. No, that, that was, was the group behavior that. on individual and species ah, chances to survive right. and reproduce. Yep. And then, uh, and then I had one related to that, which was about biodiversity. Um, and then you had an evolution and I had an evolution. So we're doing a little doubling up here. We're, we're, we're very heavy right now on life sciences and um, right. one engineering and one earth science. So, whew. 
gotta gotta spread the wealth here otherwise we're gonna look really as as two physics teachers this is a weird list right now it is i know that and that's the conversation as we were preparing for this i was like this would actually be a very good activity to do with science teachers um or prospective science teachers or beginning science teachers to consider all right so my next pick i'm going back to engineering Uh, uh, uh. and uh hs dash ETS1-1, which is again in the engineering design realm. And it says, analyze a major global challenge to specify qualitative and quantitative criteria and constraints for solutions that account for societal needs and wants. Again, it's arming that citizen with being able to look at data, both qualitative and quantitative. And, And again, it's based on that the action oriented um, with the hopes of that these solutions aren't just going to be, okay, here's how we solve the problem, but also taking into consideration the societal aspects, like the needs and wants of, of groups of people, communities, and so on. And I think that's the, the, the challenge is that there's so many different constraints and concerns here that we have to, um, you know, arm our citizens. Yeah. There's another engineering one. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, I I think it's interesting um, because when you hear that, like when, when you read that one, I heard, uh, and I think this is reflective in some senses of the, um, of the engineering standards in general is, is it doesn't have a content focus to it from my point of view much. Right. I mean, it's it's the content focus is about humans interaction with the environment, but it's not really um, science content in in the way that folks traditionally think about it. Right. Because it's moved into engineering, which is really about the application of those ideas in certain contexts. Well, I think that that's important, though. Right. If we're just we want them to be we want students to be able to not just understand the content, but able to see it and apply it in their daily lives. And I think that the the biggest part of that is, you know, being an informed consumer and considering the things around them. And and maybe I'm just, you know, because we were looking at it like, okay, these are going to be the 10 things that they leave high school with. These are going to be the 10 content items and what is the most critical. And I was going, okay, so if they leave with these 10 things, what what type of person, what type of informed citizen, what type of uh, adult do we want to you know, educate. And I think yeah, no, I'm not, I, I agree with you completely. I just think it's interesting that, um, you know, and this is one of the conversations to take it to the esoteric level briefly, right, is that um, there, there's been a lot of conversations about the engineering practices and how they fit into the NGSS or do mm-hmm. not and, um, and what their role is there, right? So like Greg Kelly, who's here at Penn State, he and, and Christine Cunningham and Bill Carlson have written about this, about differences in the way that um, we think about the engineering practices or that we should be potentially thinking about the engineering practices compared to how we think about the science practices. So I, I just think it's interesting that in the one that you read, there's that it's, it's about decision-making and design, but it's less about like, content even though to do any of that decision making and design the content has to be present because you have to define a a domain in which you're going to make this decision and you're going to include and whatever else well and i think it's also future 
forward thinking, right? Because it's not, it doesn't even dis, the, define what the major global challenge is, right? That's just, my point, yeah. Right, I know. And, it, and it's, it's so forward thinking that we want to be able to, I guess it's the closest to one of those, you know, processes that I kind of like yeah. slipped one in. Yeah, right? you, sne- you, you were no, sneaky. That's I know, fair. I know. But it, hey, it, I, I followed the rules. I followed the rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you followed the rules. I did follow the rules. And, and so it was probably one of the ones that was closest to this abroad <laughs> practice, right? And, and it was built in the engineering, but it was re- so forward thinking that I thought it would, it would have legs, right? It's one of these ones that, um, you know, 10 years from now, you know, 20 years from now, it's, it's, I think it will still be, still be there, you know? Yeah. Well, so. because it's a process-focused thing, right? So, right. yeah, of course. You're, yeah. It doesn't make you any less sneaky to say all what you just said. It just means that's fine. Yeah. We're just going to go with that. We've, I follow the rules, man. That's I what know. I do. Yeah, you don't <laughs> sound defensive at all. So, so my pick is, uh, my next pick is HSESS3-3. Oh, so, okay. So this one is create a computational simulation to illustrate the relationships among the management of natural resources, the sustainability of human populations and biodiversity. So it's really, I mean, fundamentally it's about resource management, um, waste management, consumption, it can include development of new technologies, right? Um, but it's, but it's, a, it's about these, the challenges that we're facing now, you know, resource management and especially energy resource management is something um, that we as a society are really going to have to grapple with in the next few years. And it's related to climate change and that the fossil fuels we continue to burn are contributing to climate change, but also those fossil fuels are going away. So even if, even if we thought that we could keep burning those things, they're not going to last. So we have to think about how are we as a society going to, going to manage our resources? What are we willing to do to our human populations to get those resources? And, uh, and so thinking about that, I think is really important for kids to recognize that, um, that, you know, they, they, their understanding of science is critical to the way that they make decisions about everyday things. So. So building on that, and I think that uh, this is, this is the challenge. I, when I looked at the, my list, um, my, my list was more than five. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I wanted to put one physical science on there because my heart's in physical science, but I can't mm-hmm. bring myself to draft. I was hoping you were going to draft one and then mm-hmm. I was not going to have to, and you haven't. And I don't feel like the one I have is so, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to put it on the list. Um, Cause I want to, I think I'm going to finish up with um, one more life science one. Um, so right. it's HS LS2-7 ecosystems, interactions, energy, and dynamics. And it talks about design and evaluate and refine a solution for reducing the impacts of human activities on the environment and biodiversity. And I think it, that's the, I, the theme, I guess, across the ones I've done, the ones I've selected is that, you know, what can we do as individual members of society? And I think it's being conscious of our everyday actions and recognizing that they're not done in isolation, that they have consequences on the environment, on the biodiversity around us. And uh, yeah, and I think that's why I selected the last life science. I'll I'll tell you the the physical science one I wanted to put on, which is so, I'll tell you after you're done. Maybe you'll pick a physical science. 
I'm, I, I am going to pick up physical science. Um, I betting it's not the one that you would have picked, but we'll see. All right. We'll see. Um, so I am going to pick, yes, I, I struggled with this too. Um, because my, my reasoning, which may be your reasoning too, is that many of these physical science ideas are foundational to the other disciplines. Right. And so if you're going to pick an earth and space science thing, there's going to be some chemistry and physics that are, and even biology that are built into those. Um, you know, you can even hear it in like the last one has natural resources and biodiversity. I mean, talking about energy in that form and anyway. <clears throat> That's the flaw with the draft. That's the flaw yeah. with the draft is that, you know, it, whenever you're teaching this thing, there's all of the underlying things that need to go to. Right. But, you know, but integrating those into the teaching of that thing is different than teaching it as its own thing. Right. right. So I think that's important to, to consider. So the, <clears throat> the um, physical science one I am drafting is HS-PS1-2, which is essentially chemical reactions. So construct and revise an explanation for the outcome <clears throat> of a simple simple chemical reaction based on the outermost electron states of atoms, trends in the periodic table, and knowledge of patterns of chemical properties. So I was looking for something in, in this one, and, and I had another physical science one that I saw as foundational to, to physics, and we can talk about the, our, our picks there <clears throat> as our bonus picks. Um, but, you know, I think what, what it came down to for me is that I do think it's, you know, there are so many things in our environment that are, that are these chemical reactions and being able to think about them in ways, uh, not necessarily to deeply understand atomic structure, but to understand relationships between um, different materials and how they react with each other seem like just foundational, right? Like, you know, and you can think of lots of examples in everyday life where you just want to know, um, about why chemicals react the way they do and and what how we have to think about that in, in our environment and and basically that that everything around us is made up of this stuff so yeah i i will say that that was one i was looking at i didn't put it on the list um i think the um the focus on atomic theory was one i mean it's important stuff uh for students yeah. to learn uh but i wondered could a citizen you know, be an active member of society without knowing about the atomic theory. And I, I kind of landed on, yes, maybe. Yeah. Um, I think that's other, fair. Right. And, and another one I was looking at <laughs> was uh, the, the electricity and magnetism one. Yeah, um, I that one too. And because I wanted them to have an understanding. There's, there's a whole lot of ones in there that I was taking a look at. Um, because I thought that it would help them, uh, especially I, one of the things I, I hate are these traveling medicine shows that sell the, the bracelets and these, you know, magnets that you can attach to it. You got to oh, have to get your a story about that. Their aura, your magnetic aura aligned and, and all that. And while, you know, uh, I didn't select it. I, I think that was one of my, one of the things I was going through my head. I will say the one that was on my list I was considering um, was uh, in physics was uh, HSPS2-3, which talked about forces and interactions. And it talked about um, applying scientific and engineering ideas to design, evaluate, and refine a device that minimizes the force on a macroscopic object during a collision. And I was again thinking about, um, you know, parents who, you know, don't use seatbelts. I want to I think about like, 
like the types of decisions people make in terms of, you know, driving and interacting with other people on the road. And I think that, um, you know, even during this pandemic, you know, car crashes are still one of the biggest, you know, things that are hurting yeah. people and killing people. And a lot of that comes from the design on and use of the things that are designed. And I think that, um, you know, helping people understand that is important. But I didn't make that. It didn't make the cut. Yeah, so. and my and the one that I had was um, sim, similar category anyway. But it was HSPS three one, which is really about energy, right? So, um, and energy is a slippery one because it's also yeah. a cross cutting concept. But, but that one's really more about sort of en energy transformations and transfers because I think, you know, if you have that sort of notion about energy, you can you can think through a lot of um, ordinary things, including collisions and. Um, you know, other, other areas of that, because I've debated the forces versus energy, like, which is a more productive framework for understanding things. And it's a tough call, because they're both obviously, so fundamental. Yeah. Um, but my, my argument in my own head to that was, forces are something that we have a pretty good intuition about, we may not make good decisions about it, but we sort of know what a force is, and how, how it can impact us. But energy is such a broad and interesting concept that covers so much territory that was my argument for energy so right and i think that for students when you and i both taught these concepts force was such an easier concept for students to understand mm. and, and because it's something that you can actually experience right energy mm. is is a construct right it's it's something that may exist but it's a you know it's a harder thing for students to understand because they don't see energy they can feel a force right you can you yeah know, but you can talk about all that stuff in terms of energy too so sure, sure. yeah i mean yeah. force is a construct right i mean we're not going down that rabbit hole right. are we like no. it's all it's all um, it's but all yeah that i so that's sort of the you're you're making the flip side argument of mine which is that there are we do have intuitions about force and energy we have well, we sort of have intuitions, but their energy is a broader term. Like it, yeah. it can mean all sorts of different things. So um, I do, you know, um, I do at some point, maybe we need to add this as a topic to the show is this sort of snake oil salesman trend, you know, taking of scientific ideas and, and turning them into something. And the story I want to tell just briefly, because, um, because it, it's relevant and it, it just happened um last week, I think two weeks ago. So I'm a, a I'm a inveterate barefoot walker. So I walk inside outside, I try to walk all the time as much as I can barefoot. So that's just a thing We're, we can talk about that if you want to. But here's the, the, the point is, I was on the internets. And I was looking to see about how to toughen up your feet, right? So um, as you would, you would research you would. this. Yeah, well, you got it. Right. You don't want to just walk around, you know, like an animal. Um, so you, 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 I, though, in fact, that's exactly what, exactly what you're doing. Walking. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, I found this video of this physician talking about barefoot walking and the first half of it is, you know, fine. It's perfectly reasonable stuff about like the biomechanics of the foot and blah, blah, blah. And then in the second half, he's like, and th this is the other reason that you want to go barefoot because of the electrons on the surface of the earth. And I was like, oh boy, dude, wow. we are about to go into crazy <laughs> land. And I, he talked about, yeah, that, but, but this is the thing. So he, t he talks about the electrons on the surface of the earth and how walking barefoot allows you to pick up 
because the earth is negatively charged. I'm not going there. Um, and I'm walking barefoot on it. I'm collecting electrons by my feet. And then those electrons are used in this thing called the electron transport chain, which is the energy engine in your cells. Uh, and so those electrons actually go into your cells and become part of this energy. So you get energy from the earth literally by wow. walking barefoot. And I have not been walking barefoot enough to do that. That dude should have his license revoked. That is so bananas. But it's but it's the classic. I mean, if we if we ever do talk about this, it's the classic example of taking like little bits of science fact sure. and gluing them together into. And kids do this all the time mm -hmm. too. Glue them, glue them together in a coherent story for yourself, which is absolutely bananas. But nobody's there to say, dude, your whole body's made up of electrons. Like there's elect there's nothing special about Earth's electrons. It's just electrons, man. There's electrons everywhere. There's not, there's, there's not better and worse electrons. That's, that's crazy town. I thought it was ball bearings. Everything's ball bearings. Ball bearings. It's it's ball plastics. 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 The future's in plastics. Right. Yeah, that's just a banana town right there. That is crazy. I, yeah. But, you know, we have it and you, you see it on, you know, on the interwebs, you see it yeah. on, you know, uh, QVC, if that's a still a thing. Yeah. I was going to say MLMs are a big right, place. You see it, right. all these multi-level marketing schemes. They always yeah. do this. Where they give enough information, enough science. <clears throat> and I think what they do is they're really, uh, preying on the lack of scientific knowledge that people have. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, it sounds really good. And it's no different than the folks, you know, maybe a hundred years ago who were going from town to town selling elixirs, right? They're yeah. like, oh, okay. No. For sure. And it's just a different, a different way of doing that. And maybe yeah. we, let's put a pin in this because we've okay. kind of strayed a little bit, but we'll come back to this because I think that there, yeah. we can uh, dig into this a little bit more and maybe, make it action oriented? Like how can we uh, think about doing this to help students consider, you know, how yeah. to, yeah. No, I think that's good. And that, but, that... but I think that our list, Scott, we deserve some unpacking um, because you and I, you picked one physical science concept. I picked none. Um, yeah. I picked two engineering concepts on mine, which one was, you know, a little, um, you know, it was an end around. It was, you know, it was a little bit more, I, it was more process oriented than mm -hmm. content oriented. And I think that was intentional on my part. Um, but so many life sciences, so many life sciences. And that's not like saying, I mean, we picked these completely blindly from each other. So, you know, I, the ones I thought were interesting and or necessary and critical were, were separate from yours, but the, looking at them as a whole, the majority of them are life science. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, but I think, it's interesting, the life sciences that got picked too. I mean, I think one of the themes I see across our choices is that we're viewing what we want kids to learn about science very much in a citizenry kind of functioning right. adult way, right? So instead of viewing it as so many scientists do when they're developing what kids are supposed to learn in high school. You know, it's like, well, they need to know all these fundamental science concepts. Like how are they going to function in the world if they don't know about the electron transport chain and the, you know, the water cycle and the, you know, all these little pieces of, 
you know, knowledge that that scientists think are critical for students to understand. And I think the the thing that we did, I think almost universally, is even for the like the physical science one that I picked, the the notions behind those were these are things that the kids actually, if they knew them, would improve their ability to make good decisions in their life. Yeah. Right. And I think, so that's probably why the biology ones are there is that it's a, a lot of those biology ones were about environment, ecology, ecosystems, evolution, like big scale things that, that humans can, can and should understand so that they can make decisions. Yeah. And I think the, the other thing was building on that was that they could see that there are, that they individually have a role in that, that their actions play a role in the larger community, the larger uh, ecosystem and the bio biodiversity. And so it's, it's, I think that so many people, I don't know, so many people, I'm just throwing that out there, but yeah. um, that there are people who think that their individual actions have really no consequences. And, and you know, each little action contributes to larger actions. And so I think that that's the, where our, our concepts were, our standards were selected based on helping to, you know, make it more action oriented and to make them uh, recognize that their actions have consequences and that even the smallest action uh, that you can change. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it goes back to our, I think our, our ongoing theme about, um, you know, the way we think about science instruction, even outside of these content domains is really kids being able to explain things about their natural world, right? And we chose ones that sort of layer into society a little more, but you know, like my daughter was doing her physics homework last night and I was helping her with it. And you know, it's like, this is not like her figuring out the acceleration of a tennis ball being hit by a tennis racket by basically plugging and chugging into a bunch of equations. Like, I don't know where that's getting her in the world in terms of making good decisions or understanding the world around her. Um, so I do think like the way we teach science now is not oriented towards this idea that science has explanatory power and that we need to use it as a tool to, to, um, to improve the way we live and how we understand our world. Not, not as like a, not for winning at trivia night, which yeah. I think is the way we are now, which is bananas. Again, bananas. Bananas. B -A -N -A -N -A <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there, there's the draft. Um, we'll put the, the we'll put the final list. We will put the final list into. Uh, the, we'll put it in show notes. I've already typed it the preliminary list in there. So uh, since it's an odd uh, episode, you're going to have to clean it up. But, uh, it's but okay. the list is there. So, and I got your uh, Radio Lab Fungus Among Us in fungus there. Fungus Among too. Us. Yeah. Um, but now, now is the time when we speak of things that bring us joy. And who, whose turn is it, Scott? I always at least try. We always ask this question and then you inevitably go first. So I think- No, you I'm go going to let you go first. You no, go I, first, my no. friend. See, that's how we get here. And then that's you how. say, no, I'm not going to okay. go. You're I'm, not going to go. I'm You're muting myself. Steadfastly not go, regardless of whether I just sit here silently. This will be like right. a, wait, a wait time. It, it's like a Zoom class for me where I'm sitting. Yeah. Okay, I hear, I'll throw out a question. Anyone? Who's going to okay. go first? Bueller? No, nobody. Bueller? Nobody. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. So um, I am going to pick, well, I'm, I'm debating now because this, this uh, wackadoo uh, science stuff has brought up a different, uh, a different thing that brings me joy, but I haven't listened to it recently. So I'm going to take a pass on that because we'll come back to it maybe. 
Um, so what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to pick perhaps the nerdiest thing yet that we have. Wow. I know. Prepare yourself for this. G gird your loins because I'm going to go deep in the nerdosphere. So uh, I am going to pick the Adventure Zone, um, which is uh, a what is called a real-time play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yep. Okay. So wow. this is this is the McElroy brothers. So um, Griffin and Travis and oh my gosh, I just thought I lost the third guy's name. That's terrible. I'm a horrible human being. I'll think of it. Justin McElroy and uh, their father Clint. And they are basically they're comedians, but they have a whole podcasting empire slash network. And they do lots of different things. In fact, I think they might have one that's about quack medical um, claims as well. So I don't know. But the Adventure Zone is, um, it's only loosely a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. What it really is, is it's sort of like an improvisational storytelling. So it's got a flavor of Mission to Zix, which is the one I recommended uh, either last episode or two episodes ago. Um, but this one is, um, they've done different runs. So different people who are sort of in charge in terms of you know, the dungeon mastering, um, but you can go back to the, all the way back to the original. I would go back to the first episodes and, um, you know, it's just funny and charming and, uh, and it's a story. It's really just a story that sort of evolves through these people having a conversation or playing a game, though the gameplay is very secondary to the idea that this is just a story. These are, these are four sort of voice actors who are walking through this story and there are game dynamics in there that help add some interest um, in terms of how things happen, but, but they have to manage that, right? So in, in some sense, it is like improvisation in that, you know, you, you make a choice, but then you have to roll dice or something to determine whether that choice succeeds or fails. And then based on that, you have to evolve the story in a, in a potentially whole new direction. So um, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's, I really enjoy it. It's totally mindless. You don't have to, this is not a thing that you have to focus on. It doesn't have a message or a meaning. You don't have, you know, radio lab. It's not, you're right. not, you're not going to learn anything from this. It's just going to entertain you. Well, so. that's great. I mean, if it brings you joy, that's the important concept here. And I will that's say right. that of, of the, like, I've done a lot of nerdy things in my life. I was, you know, president of the chess club way back in the day. Mm. I was, you know, you know, part of the physics club. I majored in physics, but I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. However, um, my, my son is a huge Dungeons and Dragons there person and he plays on the regular. Uh, so Dungeons and Dragons is not my uh, thing that brings me joy this week. Um, instead, I'm going to go um, musical. Ooh. Yeah. So like, uh, like musical as in musical theater or musical no. as in music? Okay. Music. I'm okay. going to go music. Uh, a, uh, I've been really entertained by the band, the person, the recorder, uh, Boy Pablo. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Boy Pablo, but uh, he, it's indie rock. Uh, he's, uh, most, of, most of the music is written and performed by a guy named Nicholas Munoz who is Chilean Norwegian, which, you know, is of kind course. of, of course he is. Um, but there's uh, this song, Hey Girl, that is like stuck in my head, like an earworm. And I can't stop 
hearing it in my head, singing it as I'm walking around the house. Um, and I did a little research and there's, uh, when I found on Wikipedia was that uh, they identified as indie rock, but they also labeled it as jangle, which I've never heard that term before, mm -hmm. jangle. I have not either. And this is what they say jangle is. Jangle is a sound characterized by undistorted treble heavy electric guitars played in a droning chordal style. The sound is uh, featured mainly in pop music and is often associated with the 1960s guitar bands. And I'm like, huh. yeah, you know, it does have this kind of throwback feel to it. So Boy Pablo, um, the song that's in my head right now is Hey Girl. And uh, there's lots of other music he has, they have, because there's actually a band that tours as Boy Pablo, but most of it is uh, one guy. And Boy Pablo, Check it out on Spotify or whatever, wherever you stream music. Wherever you stream your music. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. All right. So there's like what it. brings me joy. Episode 13, Scott. 13, man. This is the lucky 13. Baker's Dozen. The Baker's Dozen. It's going to be the title of the episode, but it's it's got to be a contender. Right. Absolutely. Although we, it would have been great if we would have drafted 13 concepts, but 13 standards. No, but then you would have more than me, and that wouldn't be fair. No, that'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> no, Un unacceptable. Hey, I followed the rules. That's all I got to say. I followed yeah, the rules. You keep saying that and you sound more defensive every time you say it. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we'll see you next time. In between. In between. <laughs>